Welcome to the podcast of Faith Forward Church of Atlanta with Pastor Jonathan Richardson. Our current series on God's plan is designed to help you identify and walk in the purpose on your life. Stay tuned for today's message entitled, Called Out. There's purpose over your life. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. This is the verse we're going to use as a launching pad today. And I pray if the Lord says something to you that you want to remember, take some notes. Hallelujah. You might want to review them because you might get something on Tuesday that you didn't get today. Amen. The spirit may reveal something to you. So take some notes. Go back and listen to our podcast. Glory to the Lord. Come on. Give, give God some praise for faith forward. Come on. We're moving. So you can go on iTunes and all that good stuff, and God is just going to be glorified through the word. Is that all right today? I thank God for how he's moving. It says, and those he predestined, he also called. Somebody say there's a calling on my life. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called... He also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. It's going to be good today, I promise you. It's going to be good today. We got a lot of ground to cover. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified glory to the lord look at your neighbor and say i'm called out i'm called out i'm called out come on tell somebody else the lord is calling you out lord is calling you out he's calling you out thank you emmanuel thank you thank you thank you beloved probably one of the most critical questions to our purpose is this question right here what is it that i am called to do the reality is that many people wander through life without truly discovering what unique purpose they serve and what God has called them to do. I know I'm talking to somebody on this morning because you've probably had that question in your life, Lord, what is it I'm called to do? What is it that my purpose is? What is it that I'm here for? Beloved, it's my belief that to discover what God, faith, has called you to do, there are three primary areas that will lead to you discovering your plan and purpose for your life. The first thing, Aaron, I would suggest that if you're going to figure out what God has called you to do, the first thing you have to do is look to your gift. You have a gift. You have something that comes easy to you. It's just something that you're naturally good at. Look to your gift. But number two, to figure out your purpose and what you're called to do, I would suggest not only do you have to look to your gift, but you have to look to what grieves you. In other words, what is it that makes you have a, a hardness or a, a, a place in your heart where you would desire to see change? What is it in your 
spirit that you say, I'd wake up today and change this. I'd wake up today and fix marriages. I'd wake up today and feed children. I'd wake up today and help the homeless. What is it, Nicola, that grieves you? Not only do you have to look to your gift, not only do you have to look to what grieves you, but I would suggest number three, if you're going to understand, uh, Nicole, what you're called to do and to walk in the purpose of God, you have to look to your grace what is it that it just have that spiritual swag I can't hear nobody what, what what is it that when you do it it just comes easy to you you could do it with your hands tied and your eyes closed it's just your grace come on today it's just something that God blows on every time you do it every time you pray the Lord breathe on it every time you compose a song the Lord breathe on it every time you write a blog the Lord breathe on it every time you preach a sermon the Lord breathe on it every time you write a book the Lord breathe on it Britain, every time you start a business, the Lord breathe on it. What is it in your life that you just have a natural grace for? And beloved, if you're going to discover your purpose, you've got to look to your gift. You've got to look to what grieves you. You've got to look to your grace. But understand, it's my personal belief that we're all called to do something. And I would suggest, church, that if you're called to do something, that it is somebody else who is initiating the call. I would suggest that you are called that something else other than you, greater than you, Yvette, is initiating the call. If I call you on the phone, I pull out my phone and I dial your number. I am the one that has invited you into this conversation of the call. And I would suggest today, beloved, that God is picking up his heavenly iPhone because I don't believe the Lord uh, uses Androids and I believe the Lord is picking up his heavenly iPhone. Um, he's texting you in blue and he's trying to let you know that this is the season where I'm calling you out. This is the season where the Lord has your own speed dial. He's reaching down from heaven. He's got your number on the dial. And the Lord Nietzsche says that this is the season that no matter how you've been moving and doing things, you can no longer be comfortable because before the end of this year, I'm calling you out. Can you prophesy to your neighbor real quick and say before this year is over, the Lord's calling you out. Come on. Come on. I'm talking better than, come on, tell your neighbor before this year is out, God is calling you out. He's calling out a comfort zone he's calling you out of your routine he's calling you out of your comfort and before this year is over you about to walk into a new lane amen you about to walk into another level of the purpose of God because no longer will you sit on the sideline but the spirit of the Lord says it's your season to get in the game I can't hear nobody because there's purpose over your life there's a calling over your life there's something great over your life and this is the season church where the Lord is inviting you into this conversation of the call. And that's what I like to say, church. It, it, the call is a conversation. It's, it's not something that you know unless you seek God for it. It's, it's not something you fully understand unless God tells you what it is. You can't get your call and just understand fully. It is something that you discover over time. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. You don't know it all, but to see the calling faith, the purpose that God has on your life, you've got to be in the conversation with God. Today, I I want to invite you into a conversation about your call. I, I, I want to invite you into a conversation about what the Lord is trying to do to get you to the next place of purpose in your life. And understand, church, I heard a quote that I love, that God will show you who you are if you ask him. 
you ain't saying nothing. That, that if you ask God, who am I? He'll talk to you. If you ask God, how should I manage my money? He'll talk to you. If you ask God, what should I do concerning my family? He'll talk to you. If you tell the Lord, what should I do, Aaron, concerning my job? He'll talk to you. God will show you what you're called to and who you are if you ask him, which leads me here to the critical question of today. Will we answer the Lord's call on our life? Will we answer the Lord's call on our life or will we hit ignore? Will we answer the Lord's call on our life or, or will we hit silent? Will we be on the other line? And when the Lord calls, we will refuse to click over because the Lord's calling. But can I tell you something? The Lord will call you back. I can't hear nobody in here. Come on, let me tell you something. You can run, but you can't hide. You can try to get away from God, but he going to catch you. I can't hear nobody in here because when the Lord compels your heart, the Lord says I'm pulling you into something you can't get away from and the reason you can't get away from it is because you didn't call you I called you you didn't design your life I designed your life you didn't make your purpose I created your purpose so you can't get away from the call because the call is who you are that's the thing that I want someone to understand today, that this is a season of a greater call on your life. It's the season of a greater purpose on your life. It's the season of a greater glory on your life. And the thing you've got to understand is, what has God called me to? And here it is, church. I believe at the end of the day that, that you have to do the inner work. You, you have to do, if you will, the deep work to, to sit with God about your call. You, you, you got to do the time with, with, with the Lord, the, the time to sit with him about your purpose. You can't get your call moving all the time. You got to sit with God. You can't get your call listening to everything but God. You got to sit with God. And beloved, I really believe that it's to your benefit to discover your call because at the end of the day, when you discover your call, purpose opens up before you. Can you say amen? When you discover your call, opportunities will find you. When you discover your call, resources will come to you. And the reason and the purpose is because your call is like a gravitational pull to prosperity. I wish I had somebody in here that if you get in your call and if you get in your purpose, it's going to start attracting in your stuff. It's going to start pulling in your resource. It's going to start bringing your stuff to you. Just yesterday, I was in the mall, and I'm walking around the mall, minding my own business, and somebody say, Pastor Richardson, Pastor Richardson, and I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't even know her name. I couldn't even remember her face, but she said, I just want to sow into your life. And she put some cash in my hand and I'm walking around the mall and I'm asking myself, who is this lady? I feel bad because I can't even remember her name. And I almost wanted to say that you don't have to do that. But the Lord said, you're getting what you prayed for. Because when you sow and when you tithe, the word you confess says, and men will give to your bosom. And what the Lord wants somebody to understand today is that that's what the illustration of your call is, is that when you get in your call, there's a gravitational grace, there's a spiritual swag, that everything you do, God breathe on it, God bless you, and he sees what you need because you're just called to it. Come on, open up your mouth and prophesy over yourself that I ain't new to this, I'm true to this. Come on, talk to, come on, open up your mouth and declare it, I'm called to this. That's why it's easy for me. That's why I got grace, because there's a calling on my life. And I want to help you today, church, because understand that when you know you're called, you attract favor. 
Y'all, yeah, it's cool. I'll take everybody. You don't want your favor? I, Lord, I'll take a double dose. Hallelujah. When you, you, when you get your call, you attract favor. When you, when you find your grace, you pull in favor. When you get in your purpose, stuff just start clicking for you. And there's something about understanding what God wants you to do that blesses your life. Because too many times we don't see the prosperity because we're not in our call. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the prosperity that comes from waking up every day, understanding that I'm excited about today. I'm excited about my purpose. I'm excited about my stuff because you can have a lot of money and have no purpose. Come on today. You can have a lot of stuff, but don't know who you are. You need to know your call. Because your call is going to get you excited, Nicole. Your call, T, is going to keep you moving, Connie. Your call is going to keep you pushing, Nitra. Your call is going to shift you to a new job. You got to understand what your call is because your call is going to lead to your prosperity. Can I just give you a, a, a prophetic announcement to let you know that God is calling you? Come on today. God is calling you. He's picking you out from the crowd. He's putting his hand on you to let you know it is a time for a greater level of kingdom service someone declare it right now God is calling me out come on say it again God is calling me out and here it is church my whole point today is that God calls us into purpose in spite of our insecurities and our questions this is the the truth is that when you are called by God you ain't gonna understand it I'm preaching to myself because when God talked to you, you get everything God say. I get it. It's cool. You don't have no questions for God. You don't have no, no reason to question what God is doing in your life because it all makes sense. I get it. But when God calls you, church, you will have some questions and insecurities. Can I see the hands of anybody that got some questions right now? God, what you doing? Come on, Lord, where this train headed? Hallelujah. Lord, why you keep talking to me about stuff that don't make sense? Amen. What God, where are you leading me to and here's the thing you will have some questions about your call you will have some 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 trepidation about your call but that does not negate the fact that God called you out and it is to your benefit to heed the call and that's what I love and we're going to use this as a jumping tag today it's Romans 8 30 and we understand this passage really uh, uh starts in Romans 8 28 we know Romans 8 28 we love Romans 8 28 and we know Romans 8 28 uh, uh by heart we understand that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose we love that we memorize that but rarely do we read two verses down rarely do we read Two verses down for Romans 8, 28. Rarely do we read Romans 8, 30. And it says, to those he predestined, he also called. And to those he called, he also justified. And to those he justified, he also glorified. Notice, church, if you will, this really gives us a theological framework for our call. Uh, uh, it gives us a theological framework for our call, Alicia, because it suggests that we are predestined to the call. Now, in other words, before you were thought of in your mom's mind, Sequoia, you had a call. Before God called you from your mother's womb, you had a call. And I get it. We don't talk a lot about predestination in the church because it leaves us with more questions than answers. But the truth of the matter is that's why he told Jeremiah before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. 
I predestined your call. I predestined what it is that you would be in your lifetime. And I want to help somebody right here because you got to ask yourself this question. If God has already determined what I'm going to be, I do have something that's known as free will. Come on, talk to me. Just because you are predestined does not mean you will always be obedient. Because you have what is known as the permissive will of God. If you want to get out of your call, you can lose time if you want to. But before you know it, God is going to call you out. And I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to run from a call. Come on, talk back to me. I I know what it's like to run from the call of God on my life. I know what it's like to run from the call of God on my family. I know what it's like to run from the call of God. But can I tell you, when I learn to submit to the call of God, stuff just start working. Come on, talk to your neighbor and prophesy over their life that as soon as you submit to your call, stuff going to start working. As soon as you submit to what God is trying to tell you to do, you might leave that job in faith and start your own thing because it's a call as soon as you say God I'm tired of doing things on my own I want to be in your will I want to be in your grace I'm ready for my call because I don't care what I got to lose I know that there's a calling on my life and I got to be what God says I'm gonna be look at your neighbor and say neighbor God is calling you out he says watch this that Those whom he predestined, watch this church, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Let me help you. That in other words, when God calls you, he makes you just. We're going to get there. When God calls you, he he justifies you. When, When God calls you, notice he already knew who you were when he called you. He knew you got a problem with cussing when he called you. Come here, Peter. He knew you didn't always get it right when he called you. He knew about your partying days in college when he called you. He knew you used to be a player from the Himalayas when he called you. But that's the good thing about the call of God is because God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the call. And at the end of the day, if you're going to be called of God, you've got to understand that your purpose suggests that you're already justified. Can I talk to somebody that ain't uh, dotted every I, that ain't crossed every T, that will declare I'm already justified in my call. Come on, declare it. Come on, come on. Say it out of your mouth. I don't care what I was, what I used to do, where I used to go. God has justified me by faith and I'm already in my purpose because I may not be perfect, but you know what? I'm called. I may not have it all together, but you know what? I'm called. I may not do everything right, but can I tell you what I am? I am called. And if I know I'm called of God, I know that God's going to get me to my place of purpose because it's his purpose and call on my life. But notice, church, he says, not only did I call you, but I justified. And to those that I justified, I also glorified. Preacher, what are you trying to suggest? I'm trying to suggest that when you are called of God, he not only justifies you, but he glorifies you. In other words, he makes stuff look good that don't need to look good. You ain't going to say nothing to me because you ain't got no skeletons in your closet. It's cool. In other words, when he glorifies you, what the Lord says is, I'm not just going to make you just, but I'm going to make you shine. 
I'm not just going to make you just, but it's going to be my glory on your life that is reflected. No matter what you've done, who you've been with, what you've seen in your past, I'm not just going to justify you, but I'm going to glorify you. In other words, I'm going to get you out the trash. I'm going to shine you up and I'm going to put you on a pedestal so people can see not your glory, but my glory. Can you open up your mouth and declare it, Sister Barbara, that the glory of God is on my life so strong that people are going to look at me and see God. People are going to look at my life and see God. Not because God has not just justified me, but he's glorified me. Got to understand, church, that's the power of your call. The power of your call is that God is just. The power of the call is that favor ain't fair. The power of the call is that it's just your call. The power of the call is that the gifts of God are out or without repentance. The power of the call is that you're already glorified. And you're just going through the routine of your life trying to get back to your original design. Wish I had somebody. You're just going through your days trying to get back to what God had in mind when he called you. You're just trying to figure out what his intent was for your ministry when he called you. And I want to help somebody today that at the end of the day, you're going to get where you're going. Come on, declare it over your life. I'm going to get there. Come on, declare it. I'm going to get there. And the reason I'm going to get there is because he's already taken me to where he's going to take me by the call on my life. And I got three things to teach today, and then we're going to get happy for a little bit, I promise you. I got three things to teach today, and I want to give you three examples of people that were called out. Can I give you three examples of some people that were called out? Thank you, church. Number one, Gideon was called out in spite of his insecurities. Notice, church, Gideon was called out by God, T, and Gideon was probably one of the most insecure people in all of Scripture. Gideon was probably one of the most insecure people in all of Scripture. The Bible says that God's people were under oppression of the Midianites and all the people that were with God, they, they, they couldn't uh, uh, freely do what they needed to do, and they needed a leader. And God didn't call a king. God didn't call the strongest leader from a tribe. God called Gideon. Now, I wish that you would get happy over the Bible, but I see I got to help you get happy. And the honest truth is, is that Gideon said, Lord, I don't know about this. I can't hear nobody. Gideon, he, he, he was probably one of the most insecure people in Scripture. Watch this, because even after God called him, he had to test God. Even after God called him, he said, well, God, I'm going to put the fleece on the ground. And if, and if it's wet in the morning, then I know you called me. Then it was wet in the morning. Then, then Gideon said, okay, God, I got you. Now I'm put the fleece on the ground, and this time, God, make the ground wet and the fleece dry. If the fleece is dry, I know you called me. Here it is. Don't tempt God about your call. But at the end of the day, even if you do, God approved to you that I'm still God. And I still called you. Gideon, church, like some of you, was very insecure. Now, you ain't going to say amen because you won't admit that. But the truth is, you're insecure. Why? Because you have a rejection complex. That's what Gideon really had. Because the Bible says that Gideon didn't understand. And he said, God, how can I save my people? Because uh, 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 my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my family. In other words, God, if you called me, what if they reject me? You ain't going to say amen because you've never done nothing out of the fear of rejection. 
You've never not gone for your dream because you had a fear of rejection. You've never not put your stuff on social media because you were afraid it wasn't going to work. And here it is. Gideon says, what if they don't believe me? And notice what God says. God says, Gideon, go in the strength that you have. In other words, Gideon, I'm not asking you to do nothing that you don't already have. I know you're the weakest in your tribe. I know your tribe is the weakest in the clan, but I'm not asking you to be nothing that you ain't. I'm asking you to go in the strength that you have. And can I prophesy to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, as soon as you go in the strength you got, God going to start moving in your situation. I can't hit nobody. Come on, come, declare it over your life. I got strength and I will not be afraid of my purpose. Come on, declare it. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I am moving in the Lord. I am steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And because I'm steadfast and unmovable, I'm going to keep moving in God. Gideon was very insecure concerning his calling. This is what I want you to understand, church. Don't allow your insecurities to override God's calling on your life. I can't tell you how many times I pray to God, what's going to happen this week? God, who going to give this week? God, who's going to see this this week? God, how many people going to see what I'm doing this week? But I have to overcome insecurity through my purpose. Because, watch this, if you're too insecure to pursue your purpose, you don't deserve what's for you. I'm trying to help you. Because if you, if you ain't ready for it, then that means that you're just putting your purpose on pause. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to get what God got for you, you can't be bound up by what if it don't work. You ain't going to say amen. If you're going to walk in your call, you can't be bound up by what if they don't call me? What if they don't see me? What if they don't want me? What if they do? What if it works? What if the natural motion of you doing what you're called to do creates an inertia of the blessings of God on your life? And I'm trying to help somebody in here to understand that the blessing of God is going to find you when you stop being so insecure. Look at your neighbor and say, stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting yourself. Gideon was called out, church, in spite of his insecurities. And I want to help somebody understand that the Spirit of the Lord says, as you keep looking at what you don't have, you'll never see what you do have. I'm talking good. That if you keep looking at what you don't got, who you don't got, what money you don't got, you're not going to see what you got. And what you got is the word of the Lord that says, if God before you. then who can be against you come on talk to your neighbor real quick and tell your neighbor you got God on your side oh I can't hit nobody come on turn to your neighbor because they looking real uh, insecure this week come on tell your neighbor and say neighbor I don't care what you've been through you got God on your side come on declare it by faith I I don't care how much you've tried and you fail but you got God on your side come on tell them Emmanuel tell them with your fingers and let them know they got God on this side. Come on, lift up your voice right now and say, neighbor, come out of your doubt. Come out of your insecurity. Come out of your fear and come out of that dark place and know that if God before you, then purpose is working in your favor. And I come to tell somebody that this is a season of your life where in spite of what you don't have, you're going to focus on what you do have. And you got a God that has put you in the place of purpose clap your hands and shout hallelujah Gideon was called out 
in spite of his insecurities. But number two, notice Moses was called out in spite of his inadequacies. Notice, church, Moses is probably one of the most known called narratives in all of Scripture. You recall that God was going to use Moses to go to Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But notice, church, Moses didn't feel adequate. I'm talking to somebody today, and you, if you're honest, you don't feel equipped. I didn't go to school for this. This ain't my background. This ain't my training. But can I tell you something that I've learned? The Holy Spirit will teach you how to do some stuff. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to do some stuff you ain't go to school for. I tell people all the time, starting a church ain't no different than starting a restaurant. Starting a church ain't no different than starting a car wash. You got marketing. You got advertisement. You got public relations. You got all this stuff. You got IT. Come on, somebody. I ain't go to school for all of that. The Holy Ghost will teach you how to do some stuff that ain't in your training. And that's how Moses felt. Moses he felt inadequate, and the reason that Moses felt inadequate, number one, is because he had a speech problem. Can I talk to somebody right here? And you're doubting your voice. You ain't talking to me. I want to help somebody understand that you're doubting the voice that God has given you. And like Moses, you're talking to God, and God is telling you, be a deliverer of my people. And you're doubting the voice God gave you. Can I help somebody with a nugget right here? If you discover your voice, you'll discover your audience. Trying to help you. If you figure out your voice and stop trying to figure out what Sarah Jake sound like, you'll discover your audience. Because the truth of the matter is, if you get your voice out there, people will find you. And the truth of the matter is, is that Moses had a problem. Because he didn't trust his voice. Can I talk to somebody right here and let you know that if you're going to be in your purpose, you got to trust yourself. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, bet on me. Come on. Come on. Tell them. Tell them. Put all your money on me because I'm going to win. Come on. Talk to the. Come on. Come on. You can bet on me because it's going to prosper if you put it on me. Come on. You got to trust yourself if you go be in the purpose of God. Moses was called out spies inadequacies. And I love this church because the application is that sometimes you don't feel equipped for your call. Say amen today. Am I talking good? Sometimes you don't feel equipped to raise your children. Sometimes you don't feel equipped to do what you need to do. I mean, I tried to uh, uh, hold my son the other night and he just cried, cried, cried. I mean, Lord, when he go to Sharonda, he just go to sleep. Oh, he just so kind. He, you know, he smell his mama. He just sleep. But he come to me. I got to dance. Amen. Daddy got to sing. Daddy got to move around and make up. Some, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And, and it don't even work. And I said, Lord, I don't feel equipped for this call. Lord, Lord, Lord the baby. He keep crying. And I got to do extra. Can I talk to somebody and let you know that sometimes in life, to do your calling, it will require more of you. I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes to do what God really wants you to do, it will require you to look your inadequacies in the face and say, I can do this. Come on, tell your neighbor, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Moses was called out in spite of his inadequacies. Moses said, what if... They don't believe me. I don't trust my voice. What if they don't listen to me? I don't, I don't believe in myself. What if, what if they don't affirm my purpose? And, 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 and here it is, is that God 
says to Moses, what is that in your hand? I'll get there. He, he says to Moses, now you're questioning me. Now I got a question for you. What is it in your hand? The word of the Lord says that he turns and he says, a staff. And then the Lord said to Moses, okay, take what's in your hand and throw it on the ground. And the word of the Lord says that the staff was the symbol of the strength of God to Moses. Now, let me help you, church, that Moses had been using his staff every day. Moses had been with his father-in-law, Jethro, shepherding sheep with his staff every day. And God had to talk to Moses and say, now, you've got something in your hand that you've been using on a small level because you were shepherding sheep. But in this next season of purpose, you're going to use your staff to shepherd people. You're going to say nothing to me. And what God says is that, Moses, you got to look at what's in your hand. And not only, Yolanda, do you have to look at what's in your hand, but you got to throw it on the ground. In other words, you've got to get what's in your hand out your hand. You've got to get what's in your hand on the internet. You've got to get what's in your hand on the TV. You've got to get what's in your hand in the hand of somebody else that needs what you've got. Can I talk to somebody and let you know something about purpose that you can have something in your hand that you are overlooking? I'm talking better than you responding to me. You got something in your hand that you are not giving the full value of what God gave you. You've got something in your hand that you are not giving the full credit to what God gave you. And the Spirit of the Lord says, if you could, just look at what's in your hand because I'm going to use what you already got. Can you talk to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God uses what you already have to complete his calling and purpose for your life. Talk to them and say, you already got it. Come on, I can't hit nobody. Come on, turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, you've already got what you need. And the spirit of the Lord says, stop overlooking what's in your hand because would you believe by faith you got a million dollars in your hand. Y'all ain't for you. I'll receive it. And me and Yolanda, we got it. Nicola, you got it too. Okay. Me, Yolanda, and Nicola in agreement. We gonna be millionaires. Can you look? Okay, Barbara, you on it? Uh, Deidre, I see you. Who am my millionaires in your head? Come on, Connie got it. Sequoia got it. Alicia got faith. I see you. Come on, my job. Who else believe? Come on, Britton. I know you got it. Come on, declare it by faith. I got a million dollars in my hand. And I declare it by faith that everything I put my hand to, it will prosper. Everything I put my hand on God is going to bless and everything I put my hand to he's going to bless the work of my hand and I come to prophesy to your neighbor and tell your neighbor get what's in your hand out of your hand get what's in your hand into the hands of the people because God said when you use what's in your hand I'm about to make you some money I can't hear nobody in here if you use what's in your hand. I'm about to use you, Nicola, to draw in a mighty flood of souls. If you use what's in your hand, you might be on TV by this time next year. If you use what's in your hand, you might have a book out by this time next year. If you use what's in your hand, you might have a business by this time next year. And the Holy Ghost said, believe in yourself. Stop doubting yourself because it's a matter of time. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say neighbor it's just a matter of time before
what God takes what's in my hand and multiply. It's just a matter of time before God takes what's in my hand and overflow. It's just a matter of time before God takes what's in my hand and gives me abundance. It's just a matter of time before God takes my hand and blows it up. Can you look at your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, did you know that I'm about to blow up? I can't hear nobody in here. Can you tell them one more time, neighbor, did you know? I'm about to blow up. It's about to be a ball. It's about to be an explosion. It's about to be something that God is going to do because I'm too good looking not to use what's in my hand. Ladies, you're too fine not to use what's in your hand. You got too much going for you not to use what's in your hand. You got too much education not to use what's in your hand. You got too much natural ability not to use what's in your hand and God says you use what's in your hand and I'm gonna put my hand on it I can't hear no money in here if they use what's in your hand I'm gonna put my hand on it I'm gonna breathe on it I'm gonna bless it I'm gonna apply the grace to what you're doing clap your hands and shout hallelujah God uses what you already got to help you fulfill your call. Notice, church, Moses was using the staff, but he was overlooking what he already had. Can I tell somebody that, that sometimes I got this terrible habit of losing my keys? I mean, all the time. I got this terrible habit of losing my key. And I looked in the couch, didn't find my keys. I looked under the bed. Didn't find my keys, and I don't know what was going on this day. I must have been like a chicken with my head cut off. But I looked down, and they were in my hands the whole time. I mean, it's cool. You ain't you ain't never been there. It's all right. But can I preach to somebody and let you know this? Who the Lord says you already got the key. I can't hear nobody. Come on, come on, come on. You oh, there it is, Nitra. You already got the key to what you about to drive. It's just in your hand. You oh, there it is. You already literally got. I see it in the Holy Ghost. You literally already got the key. Prophesy over your own life and say, I got the key. I can't hear nobody. Come on, tell your neighbor, I got the keys, keys, keys. Come on, tell. Tell him, come on, Jay-Z ain't the only one that got the key. So I got the keys, keys, keys. I got the keys already. I got the keys. And I want to lift your hand right here. Come on. I speak it in your life, new keys. There it is. Come on. I felt that. Come on. Come on, I, oh, there it is. Lift your hands. I speak new keys in your life in 2019. By March, new keys. Come on, come on, receive it in the Holy Ghost. By March, new key. Oh, yeah, God. You about to got some, oh, there it is. You about to see some keys in the new year. Before the first quarter of the new year in, new key. Before the first quarter of the new year in, new key. New keys of your car. New keys of your house. New keys of your business. He's going to give you the keys and it's already in your hand. Clap your hand and shout. Hallelujah. Hey. New keys. Oh, say, hey, I felt new keys. Come on, I, come on, come on. Lift your, new keys in the name of the Lord. Come on, you don't want it? I got it. New keys. Hey, say, get in the basua. New keys in Jesus' name. Hey, I got the keys. Hey, and it was already... It was already in my hand. 
Hold on a minute. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. But tell your neighbor real quick, what you need is already in your hand. And I got a question for you. The same question God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? It really is a reflective question. It's, it's a question that makes you really think about what is it that's truly mine? T, what is it that's in your hands? Emmanuel, what, what is it? It's in your hands. Yolanda, what's in your hands? Alicia, what is it that's in your hands? That's, that's the question God asked Moses. It was a question that Moses had to step out of his perception of insecurity about what he had or did not have and say, God, I got something. You ain't going to say nothing here. He, he said, now, wait a minute, God. I got something. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Lord. I got something. There was a man that I heard about, and, and he was a great artist. He was a great, great artist, and he would love to draw these stick figure animals. He would love to draw these stick figured animals, and, and one of the stick figures that he loved to draw was a mouse. I don't know what it was, but, but he loved to draw these little stick figures of a mouse, and the next thing you know, he would start drawing animated pictures of a mouse, where you would turn the page, and, and the mouse would be moving, and, and the mouse would be walking, and the, and the mouse would be, be jumping, and the mouse, Britain, would be smiling. He would draw these stick figures of a mouse. He, he wasn't an artist. He, he really wasn't a great drawer. He was no Michelangelo. He was no Picasso. He just liked to draw stick figures of animals, and the next thing you know, that mouse got a first name, and, and the mouse was called Mickey. It's okay. The mouse called a first name. The mouse was called Mickey. And the man's name was Walt Disney. And the next thing you know, we got theme parks. We got TV shows. We got channels. Not because he was a great TV producer. Not because he was a great artist. Not because he was good at anything in graphic design. No, because he used what he had to get what he wanted. Can I talk to your neighbor real quick and tell your neighbor you might just have something small right now. But if you keep on using it, watch God multiply what's in your hand you might have something little right now but watch you keep using it and a little stick figure gonna become seven figures i can't hit nobody in here declare it over your life what i got about to multiply yeah started with a small drawing that's why the word of the lord says do not despise the day of small beginnings. You, you got 10 people that like your Facebook page? Cool. That's 10 more than you had when you started. Stop comparing yourself to people that got 30,000 followers. You got, you got five people that like your blog? Cool. That's five more you had than when you started. That's cool. You got, you got 30 people that send you uh, uh, something in your program? Cool. That's 15 more than you had this time last year. Look at your neighbor and say, baby, I'm making progress. Come on, I'm making progress. And I am not comparing my call because I feel insecure like Gideon or I feel inadequate like Moses. I'm working with what I got. Got to work with what you got. And that's one thing that, that is powerful about our people, church, is that we are the kind of people that have always worked with what we got. 
You know, we were slaves in bondage. We came to a country that did not love us but kept us in captivity. And at the end of the day, the masters would give us the hind parts of the animals and stuff that was left over. We would eat things that y'all still eat today that y'all don't need to still be eating. Amen? Because you ain't slaves no more, but that's another conversation. And the end of the day is we come back with something called pig feet, pig back, pig ear, pig nose, pig knuckles. Come on, talk to me. And at the end of the day, they would stir it up and they said, it ain't all I need, but it's more than what I got right now. And can you talk to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you give me scraps, I'll make a miracle. I can't hit nobody in here. You give me a chance, I'll make a miracle. You give me an opportunity, it's going to multiply. Put it in my hand. Bet on me, I'm going to win. Bet on me. Because I'm going to win. Gideon was called out in spite of his insecurities. Alicia Moses was called out in spite of his inadequacies. But lastly, Mary was called out in spite of her impossibilities. Mary was called out. Understand that the word of the Lord says that there was an angel by the name of Gabriel. T. And, and, and Gabriel comes to Mary and he gives her some good news. He comes to Mary and the first thing he says to Mary, he says, do not be afraid. I would pause right there and tell somebody that if you're going to walk in your call, fear has to get out the window. Come on, come on. If you really going to walk in your call and your purpose, you cannot be paralyzed by fear. He says to Mary, now I know you ain't ready for this because ain't nobody ready for this. I know, Mary, this going to catch you by surprise. Mary, what I'm about to tell you, okay, it's going to be crazy. But don't be afraid. Mary, don't fear. Because what's about to happen is going to be of God. I'm preaching a little bit. It's all right. I'm going to take my time. Mary is going to be crazy. But the first thing you got to take is that you will not be afraid. Lift your hands and declare it. I will not be afraid anymore. Come on. I will not because this is of God. Come on. I will not doubt it because this is of God. Says Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And here's the reason why you don't need to be afraid, Mary. Because you have found favor with God. Now, let me help somebody real quick that will help you to not be afraid. Is the fact that you know that you got the favor of God. You need to walk everywhere like you just got favor. You, you need to go in the buildings like you just got favor. You need to be at the drive through at Chick-fil-A just believe in God. They're going to give you an extra nugget. Because you got favor and they know the Lord. Amen. You need to just believe God that any place you go, you expect people to give you money. You expect folk to sign up for what you got. You expect promotion on your job. Come on. You expect God to send you clients because you got favor. And you might not look like you got favor, but you got it. You might not feel like you got favor, but you got it. You might always talk like you got favor, but you got it. 
And that's what Gabriel tells Mary. He says, Mary, don't be afraid because you got favor. Can I prophesy to your neighbor real quick and let you know that the reason that you're not going to be afraid in this season is because you got the favor of God. The, the reason you're not going to doubt in this season is because you know that God is with you. Even this week, I've committed to a new fast and Spirit of the Lord told me, he said, this fast is to hear my voice and for favor. He said, this fast is for favor. And one of the things that I've learned is that when God breathes on your stuff, it ain't nothing hell can do about it. I wish I had somebody. Oh, I'm a, we gonna get there. You 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 catching on slowly, but we gonna get there. I wish I wish I had somebody that understood Nicola when God breathed on it. Talk to me. When, when, when the power of God finds my stuff, I ain't got to be afraid because I got favor. And I just want to help somebody understand that, like Mary, you might be facing some impossibilities and Mary turns to Gabriel and says how will this be since I have not known a man Emmanuel where you at I feel like preaching and 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 then Gabriel turns to Mary and he says three words that should shut your doubt down he says the Holy Spirit you missed your shout it's cool Mary is questioning God and Gabriel and saying, I know the man. I don't have a husband. How in the world are you going to conceive something in me miraculously? And, and then God, Alicia, turns back to Mary, Gabriel does, and says three words that will bless your life, the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing out of his mouth. He didn't lead with this. He didn't lead with flesh. He led with the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you that when you want God to do something that is impossible in your life, oh, it always needs to be led with the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying to help about five people in here because not only does he tell him the Holy Spirit will come upon you, but he says the power of the Most High it's going to overshadow you. In other words, God is not just going to be in you, but it's going to be on you. You missed that all together. In other words, God is not just going to dwell with you, but he's going to come upon you in such a way that you're going to have more power than you've ever had in your life. And I just wish that I had some people today that would be honest with the pastor and say, Pastor, I've been insecure. Pastor, I felt inadequate. And pastor, I've even felt like I've had some impossibilities. But I love Nitra. Oh, what the word of the Lord says. It says that all things, I feel like preaching, but you ain't there yet. It says that all things are possible to them that believe. And I got one question for your neighbor. And the question that I got for your neighbor is, do you believe that God can do something through your life that can't nobody explain? Oh, I feel him right there. That God, there we go, can do something in your life that can't nobody but 
God take the credit for oh I feel like preaching real quick but can you just tell your neighbor and say neighbor this is the season of the impossible oh I can't hit nobody in here but tell somebody next to you I know you've been insecure like Gideon I know you felt inadequate like Moses and I know you felt like it was impossible like Mary but can I speak a word over your life and declare it by faith that this is the season of the impossible I can't hear nobody in here but can you turn to somebody else because your neighbor ain't believing you and find somebody else that's got the faith come on do it come on find somebody else that's got the belief in God find you a praise partner somebody that can trust God with you and say neighbor come on I said open your mouth y'all almost got it now and say neighbor I got a word from the Lord and can I tell you what the word of the Lord is it's not impossible I can't hear nobody in here it's not impossible when you serve a God that parted the sea it's not impossible when you serve a God that created the mountains it's not impossible when you serve a God that caused the wind to blow it's not impossible when you serve a God that created the world ex nihilo that means out of nothing it's not impossible when you serve a God that stepped out on nothing walked and created something made something to exist out of nothing that was before it's not impossible for a God that paid your bill I can't hit nobody in here when you didn't have no money on your EBT car it's not impossible for a God that put your children in daycare when you couldn't pay for it it's not impossible for a God that got you around when your car was in the shop it's not impossible for a God that gave you a baby when the doctor said you can't conceive it's not impossible for a God that healed your body when you had problems in your blood it's not impossible for a God that gave you back your family after you went through a divorce it's not impossible for a God that turned around your tears and turned them into joy it's not impossible for a God that took you from living in paycheck to paycheck to having something in your savings account it's not impossible for a God that knows your problem it's not impossible for a God that says I created you and I assigned you to your purpose 
it's not impossible for a God that gave you a job after doors were slammed in your face. It's not impossible for a God that put you through school when you didn't have no money for your education. It's not impossible. I said it's not impossible. I said it's not impossible for a God that has seen you through dangers, seen and unseen. It's not impossible for a God that gave you his grace and his favor when you were going under. It's not impossible for a God that looked beyond your faults and supplied all of the need. It's not impossible for a God that brought you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. It's not impossible for a God that pulled you from the outer court and pulled you to the inner court. It's not impossible for a God that can take somebody that they talked about, that they lied about, that they said couldn't make it, but God said it can do it. And I'm going to do it just not anyhow. But when I do it, it's going to be exceedingly. I can't hit nobody in here. It's going to be abundantly. It's going to be above. All you can add or think it's not impossible for a God that saved you from a car accident. It's not impossible for a God that took you out of depression. It's not impossible for a God that's got powers over the demons that try to attack your life. It's not impossible for a God that says I rebuke sickness and I rebuke cancer and I rebuke disease. It's not impossible for a God that says by my stripes you are healed. It's not impossible for a God that says he who has begun a good work in you will see it completed. It's not impossible for a God that picked you up, turned you around, placed your feet on solid ground. It's not impossible. I said it's not impossible. I said it's not impossible for a God that makes nothing out of something or something out of nothing changes your situation, lifts you up from the muck and miry clay and puts a new song in your mouth. It's not impossible for the God that says I am your shepherd and you shall not want. I make of you to lie down in green pastures. I uh, uh, anoint your head with oil and your cup is running over and my rod and my staff they gonna comfort you and surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the day of your life. It's not impossible to a God that says I am your life and your salvation whom shall you fear. It's not impossible to a God that says I am a very present hell in the time of trouble. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I said it's not impossible for a God that says I have made you a little lower than the angel. It's not impossible for a God that put you up, took you out of sin, laid his hands on you and gave you the power. I said it gave you the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence 
of speaking in tongue is not impossible because you can't even speak in Spanish and you ain't even got good English but you can speak in tongue it ain't impossible I said it's not impossible for a God that knows what you need says I got your back says I'm coming through it's not impossible clap your hands and shout hallelujah y'all don't want to shout y'all don't want to shout <laughs> it's not impossible and I want someone to understand this church about your purpose give me something soft Emmanuel that to walk in the purpose of God you've got to face watch this your insecurities got to face your inadequacies and you've got to face your impossibilities you've got to look beyond what you lack to a God that can do all things <laughs> thank you for tuning into the faith forward podcast We pray that this word has blessed you and drawn you closer to God. If you desire to connect with our church, please visit www.faithmove.org to join the Faith Forward family or become a covenant partner. We pray that God's abundant blessings, his love, his joy, and his peace continue to reign in your life.